Welcome to another edition of Bulls Bros. We are the Bulls Bros. Alex and Max. Hello, Max. Hello, hello. Live from Chicago over here. Live from Chicago over there. And I'm uh, dead from Hollywood. Now, Max... (laughs) (laughs) So pretty much the Los Angeles Lakers... Yes, home, just, just, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Um, so here I am in Hollywood. Uh, now, Max, we, uh, we haven't talked in, uh, well, we have, but we haven't talked in a recorded fashion over the last two weeks um, for the benefit of our many, many fans. But um, over that time, the Bulls have gone 5-3 and three with some really awesome wins against some really awesome, well, presumably awesome teams. Um, and uh, it's just a very exciting time to be Bulls fans. The Bulls are ten and four uh, as of this recording. Now they have a uh, a game tonight against the Trailblazers that I kind of think they're going to win, uh, even though it is in Portland. But the Portland Trailblazers are not that good. So um, anyway, I just want to talk about the last two weeks just broadly, some of the stuff we noticed, and uh, how how exciting a time it is. Again, we're ten four. We're the second seed right now in the East. It's incredibly early. It's it's like a little too early to be like this is definitively what's happening. But certainly there's some amazing trends. It's looked great, and I think Christmas time is usually when you like really take stock and you're like this is for real. But certainly things are trending in the right direction, minus you know the COVID absence of Nikola Vucevic over the last couple of weeks, and then the Patrick Williams injury, which we talked about last time. Okay, anyway, I'll do high level. You know, couple couple thoughts. Uh, love the love what I'm seeing defensively, especially at the. Uh, the the guard spots. I think when we go small, um, I really like the activity, the constant movement, the ability to switch. Derek Jones Jr. at the five has been a really nice find. Um, that pick, that trade uh, for Marketing where you get Derek Jones Jr. and a mid first back is looking pretty good. Um, <laughs> uh, I, so I like a lot of what I'm seeing on that end. A lot of good shooting from some of these guys. Demar Rosen, phenomenal. I mean, you know, it just, he's been fantastic. He's been one of the top 10 players in the league thus far. But, but it, big picture though, I, I have some concerns about the team. I'm really like, so far, we've, the Warriors game, I mean, first game that, of the trip, you know, you just lost Vooch, you know, I, and you're going across the country. I could easily see that being a letdown game, and it was. Also, the Warriors are really good. Um, my big concern and against Brooklyn, we look good. Against Dallas, you know, we beat a lot of good teams. The Philadelphia seems to be the real mismatch, you know, um, having that Embiid. So I'm really curious to see what we look like, um, you know, Nurkic but tonight, but also Jokic. You know, we beat Gobert, right? But offensively, he's not the player that Jokic is. <coughs> I could see Jokic just abusing us. I mean, we um, beat Gobert so. with Vucevic. We have no Vucevic. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the problem. Is I really, I would have loved to see us against Denver, um, with Vucevic on the floor. Um, but yeah, I mean, it look it looks good. I mean, I like a lot of what I'm seeing. Um, I still think there's room for us to improve. Kobe White just came back. He, you know, he's not ready yet. He's not really in good shape to be uh to take on his normal load of shots and stuff but ios look great i mean we've seen a lot of really positive things but we're still missing uh you know that long you know wing player and i just i don't know i I think we have we've so much room to grow offensively 
um, when Vooch comes back. So, yeah. So, I'm, but I mean, you gotta love what you're what you're seeing. I mean, beating the Clippers and Lakers. Uh, what's the first time we've done that at Staples Center since Derrick Rose in the season to beat both of them at Staples? So, first first time we did it both in the same year. <coughs> yeah. Well, we don't always play. Yeah. Anyway, um, <coughs> but. Because usually we have that circus trip at the beginning of the year, and we usually don't do that well. So even when Derrick Rose was here, so um, I was uh, I was very pleasantly surprised by. I mean, they're playing like I thought they could play, but I've I've been impressed. Yeah, you kind of called all of this. You you really projected the ceiling much higher than I did, and you were right. This is I mean I mean okay. Here I am saying we shouldn't talk about stuff before Christmas. Then I'm just immediately going into it. I'd be like, yeah, they're amazing. Like I don't know what their ceiling is anymore, but whatever. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think uh, they they look really good. Like their issue is size um, because of the Vucevic thing, the short term, and then long term, uh, that power forward spot needs an upgrade if we really want to like contend. And honestly, the East is feeling much more available than I thought it's it would. Open. Yeah, yeah. Be, because of the the Kyrie yeah. Irving um, refuses to take a vaccine. Um, like, and James Harden doesn't look right. I don't know if that's. A fitness rules. thing or a rule change helping. thing or both or age, mileage, yeah, whatever. I, I think the rule change thing is not helping. Also, honestly, Blake looks older. Oh, Blake looks really bad, yeah. Like, and Aldridge is not, you know, he, look, I mean, they're getting older. They're not as good. I just, I still think we beat the Nets. I still think without Kyrie, I could see us beating the Nets, you know, in any given game. Whether that means we would beat them in a series is a totally different question. But that means we could match up with them. The team that, like, I really... And then the Sixers, Embiid, like, is he going to be healthy for a full series? He never has been. So I don't know that he is going to be able to play a full seven-game series. So, But the Sixers are a terrible matchup for us. Um, but outside of the Sixers and then probably the Bucks, if the Bucks ever get healthy... Uh, I don't see any other team in the East. Those are the two teams where it's like we can't beat them, I don't think, as, as currently constructed. But every other team, I, I take my chances, you know? Sorry, you're saying the Sixers and the Bucks, or the Sixers, the Nets, yeah. and the Bucks? Sixers and the Bucks, I don't think we have a chance. The Nets, I'm not, without Kyrie and with Blake looking like this, I'm just not sure what they're going to be like. You know, if they're going to play like they are now then we can beat them any given game. I'm not saying we would beat all these teams in a series. I'm saying we could. Only, you know, I don't see a, a reason why we wouldn't. We, it's not, we have a chance. We have a chance at any of those series. We would be competitive. I think there's a chance, to quote Jim Carrey. I think, uh, yeah, I, I, so my, okay, well... Uh, okay, so the, the Golden State game, that was our only double-digit loss of the season so far. Uh, yeah, 119-93 blowout, never close after the they blew things open in the third quarter? Second quarter? Third quarter. Third quarter, but they were not looking good. Bulls weren't looking yeah. good in the second quarter, that's right. But the first quarter was like pretty even. Not that that matters, because the game is not one quarter. But um, I think we were asking a lot. I mean, that was a, at the point where that was in the schedule... The beginning of the trip, having played those other games, I just, I mean, go to go in there and they're just running around all over the place, jacking up. I mean, it was going to be a tough game. Yeah. And we also were starting, I think, 
Javante Green at the time. That was before Caruso was moved into the starting lineup. And putting Caruso yeah. on Steph to start instead of Lonzo might have actually been a little better. Not that it would have saved us. I don't know if it would have. That guy went off for 40 points. I still think we would have lost. Yeah. But <laughs> Javante Green's not a great player. I mean, you, I, he, he's, his role has been elevated to much higher than what he's capable of. Yes. I, I mean, that, that, yeah, okay, so... Because no Patrick Williams. There's no Patrick Williams. And Derrick Jones Jr. is better than him, too. I agree. Derrick Jones Jr. has been awesome. I mean, this just happened, but, like, Billy Donovan decided to start him at center. Not start him at center, but have him be a backup center, even though he's, like, 6'5", but he's, like, got that crazy wingspan. I don't remember what the wingspan is, but it's long. It's, like, 7'2", or something crazy. Let me look this up. He's taller than Javante Green, that's for sure. Javante Green's 6'4". <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay, so Derrick Jones Jr. is listed on Wikipedia as 6'6". Six, six. Uh, I think Basketball Reference has him at 6'5". Seven-foot wingspan. Yeah, that's about right. Seven-foot wingspan, yeah. Um, it's kind of an interesting idea. It reminds me of, like, you know, remember, like, uh, Chuck Hayes on the Rockets back in the day? Like, these, like, tiny centers? I mean, Ben Wallace was a center, and he's, like, 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, I mean, he was a... He was... Well, that's... I think that that's a very... Those are kind of bad equivalencies, Chuck Hayes is like 6'6 with like a super strong lower body who's like emphasis and he plays below the rim and his emphasis is rebounding and lateral and defense in that sense. Whereas Derek Jones Jr. is a huge vertical player playing above the rim. And he is also the difference between Derek Jones Jr. and Tony Bradley is Derek Jones Jr. on a switch can roll to the basket. He can do a pick and roll. Tony Bradley is like incapable of catching the ball on a roll. Or he turns the ball over. He's good in the backup center. Again, it's all about where you're, what, where you're asking them to play. Like Tony Bradley is a backup center where he's going up against the backups, or he's only in there for certain periods of time. He's good because he defensive rebounds and he blocks shots. But if you if you're asking him to start, they're going to exploit him. They're going to focus on him, and he's going to get exploited. It's a totally different role. Like. All these guys are getting elevated to roles they're not supposed to be at. You're supposed to have Vooch there. You can tell when you're watching the offense how much better it is when they go small because when Bradley's there, he's not moving the ball and he's not spacing the floor and he's not great at rolling to the basket. Vooch, you can say what you will, but you, when, you, when they play and Vooch is on the court, they have to respect him as a shooter, as a passer, and as a roller. And they don't have to even do that with Tony Bradley. So then they... So it makes a huge difference. It's a huge plus. Um, I think the, my issue with Tony Bradley is that he can't score at all. Like, at all. Even when he's elevated to starter, he can't score. I know. That's my point. That's not his role, though. You, he, you're paying him a minimum salary for a reason. If he could score and he could play defense as a center, he'd be making more money. Why do we give away Daniel Gafford? In that tie steal. Because he was terrible when he was here. He was not terrible. He had flashes no. of fun. He was bad when he was here last year. You could see what he could do. Like, you know, the athleticism, the springiness. He would come in, foul five times, and then have to go to the bench. He was terrible. Anyway, okay, um, we're getting off topic. So the, so the issues, there's, well, I was only going to talk about two things, but I guess we talk about three, but we're not running out of time. So first thing is... DeMar DeRozan, like, what the hell is happening? This guy's amazing. Like, I, I didn't know DeMar DeRozan. Like, this is, like, the best he's ever played. Like, it's insane to me how good he's been for us. And I, I'm just, I, I don't know what to think exactly. Like, is it a hot just, start? Like, he's been so good. 
I have a lot of things to say about this. One, I called it. I don't know if you remember, but over the summer, I was like, oh, I hope we do trade for DeMar DeRozan. He would be a great fit for us. I too. I agreed I on that. principle about the fit, but I wasn't expecting the three-point shooting or him to be this I, good. First off, the three-point shooting, yeah, it's better, but he's also not taking that many shots. And he's pretty much... They're, they're all pretty much corner threes, too, which is... Smart. That's fine. It's um, two and a half threes a game, something like yeah, that. He's perfect. been like thirty six percent of them. He has been phenomenal. Yeah. The other thing that's all we need him to do. Doesn't have to be like a volume three point shooter. He just has to be a threat enough to open the floor. But remember what I said, right? Like if you or if you listen to these podcasts, it's like he's one of the best isolation scorers in the NBA, and he has been the last three years. That hasn't changed. Like he was third in isolation scoring efficiency. Um, I think it was 10th last year and then third and then third the two years before. He is one of the best mid-range shooters in the game. He gets to the free throw line like seven to eight times a game. And guess what? He gets there legitimately, unlike guys like James Harden and Trey Young. So his free throws are not going down. They're staying the same. Whereas all those other guys, their free throws are going down because James Harden gets fouled when he's going to score. DeMar DeRozan and are like the best free throw shooters in the league now. Well, they're both wing players that are actually attacking. Yeah, and they're, they're getting they're legitimately like, hacked. It's not like they're trying, they're not like trying to force the contact or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Like, he gets legit foul calls. And I love how he can create his own shot, which is something we... And he's just a great closer for us. His ability to get to the free throw line, his ability to put pressure on the basket and get people in foul trouble, which is something we just didn't have last year. Because Zach's not that guy. At least, he's just not. Um, and... Zach is a all three level scorer at a very elite level, but he's not the break people down in the middle, like get into your bag and get people to draw fouls. Like he's more of a I'm going downhill or I'm jacking up a shot, um, which he's very good at those things, but it was too much to ask him to do so much. And now you have two guys that can kind of take turns, and, and DeRozan's great with the second unit. He's a great passer. You're saying you're surprised at how well he's playing. I'm, my answer is he got better at a lot of things from shooting to passing in San Antonio. He just had a worse team. And, he, and so I'm saying he's, he's improved some of those abilities. And now he's brought his experience and he's got a better coach offensively um, for utilize, maximizing his skill set. Just like Billy Donovan amped up Zach's ability, he's amping up DeMar's ability. So... And Lonzo's. I, lo- I love this team, and I, I like what I'm seeing from them. So um, I'm, not, I'm a little shocked by the, the volume, but I'm not shocked by the trends. Let me go over some San Antonio numbers for you real fast. So his first San Antonio season, um, DeMar yeah. took 0.63 a game and made 15.6% of them. Yeah, second year in San Antonio took 0.5, made 25.7%. Last year, 1.2 threes attempted 25.7%. Yeah, he's clearly made an effort. It's a real change. It's, it's 2.5 attempts and 37.1% now. You know, 14 games. That's like not a, a tiny sample size anymore. And he no, hasn't averaged more than 33.8% uh, from three ever before. And the one time he averaged that was 2015-16 for, for the Raptors. And, he, before, and aside from that, he never averaged more than 31%. And his career average is 28%. It's crazy. I mean, like I said, he's clearly made a concerted effort. And a lot of things people maybe don't look at when they look at those numbers. In San Antonio, he's such a focal point because of the team, the guys around him, 
that you are he's not getting easy three-point looks. He's throwing up last-second three-pointers when DeJounte Murray's been dribbling, or Derek White's been dribbling for 20 seconds, and then dishes the ball back, and he has to take Jack up a three at the end of the shot clock. Now he's taking good shots. That improves your percentages, and he's starting to take more because the floor is spaced. I'm telling you, like, the, the underlings of this were there, and it's just now being he's put into a position to be successful. Also, he gives a fuck. Like, he cares. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, he... He's, he's trying harder than you did. Yeah, and on defense, he's trying much harder. Yeah, the defensive thing is um, pretty okay. wild. It's just like he just Everyone has to try. It's like so he's a terrible. close defender, but like he works fine in the system. It's like Boozer. Boozer was not a terrible defender for us. He like no. worked fine. And Booch is not a terrible defender either, by the way. He's no, not. he isn't. He just can't switch, and he's yeah. slow. Everyone else wants to play fast, get out and run. Everyone else can kind of play small. All of our other starters Bradley are from between six four, six seven. Bradley's not, Bradley, not, Tony Bradley is not a starter. I'm saying, I'm saying our starters, the actual starters. I'm saying, yeah. Uh, and then, and then Alex Caruso are six men. But like all the, those five guys, the the four starters, you know, one through four, next to Vucevic, and then Alex Caruso, they're all like guys that are more transition oriented and can play, you know, small ball up a position or whatever, and they, or down whatever. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Woodridge isn't a great fit, but like he's a really good passer. He's a really good shooter. I mean, despite but his the troubles, thing is, um, he, and he's, he's he friends helps. with DeRozan. Like they all like each yeah, other, and that actually kind of counts for something. Like you can yeah. see the weird tension on some teams that should should be like gelling more than they do, or like the, the Clippers the last couple of years. Like Kawhi and Paul George don't have that that easy chemistry that like instantly like Lonzo had with DeRozan and Zach. Lonzo and Zach both went to UCLA. They both went to UCLA. They're already friends. DeRozan and uh, Vooch played together at USC. With Taj Gibson. It's a legendary yeah, yeah. Bulls team right there. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Uh, I think Tim Floyd was the coach or something, too. You don't need um, to talk about that. But um, I like... No, these teams... Like, you can tell these guys get along, and I think you'll see it. Um, they root for each other. They love the, the hustle. Like you, For example, that Boston game when they came back, um, Io and Derek Jones Jr. and Tony Bradley led that comeback, and they got the starters energized to come back in the game and close it out. Like that's the kind of stuff that we have like a balance now. I love the way some of those like Derek Jones Jr. I love the way he's playing. Javante Green gets up for games. He's just miscast if you're asking him to start, but if you're asking him to be like your eighth guy, like it works. So I I I, I see what you're saying though because. But the problem is, like, when you play a guy, the problem with playing small, right, is when you play a guy like Joker, you know, or Embiid, he's just going to dominate you. And and I don't, and yeah, Embiid seems to have Vooch's number, but I honestly think if Vooch had made some shots, we would have definitely won one of those Philly games. So it's just, he was in a slump, and I'm hoping maybe, maybe he had COVID. You know, maybe he was starting to get COVID. He, it seems like he did because several teammates of his did. Then he got it, and then Vooch got it after guarding him for two games. So, so maybe they were given, maybe he was giving him COVID. He's starting to experience symptoms. I'm just saying, I'm throwing it out there. It's a possibility. It's bad before that. Vooch has been best in the preseason. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He had a good game, though, actually. Uh, what was it, against the Nets, I think? His last game before he went out. Yeah, no, yeah. no, the Nets. Before the Mavericks game. He was good against the Mavs. Like 18 and 12 or something. But the, the Mavs are a good matchup for him because he's playing Dwight Powell and Porzingis. And yeah. he's better than that. He's much better. 
So, yeah. Um, what was I would have loved to see him there against the Warriors. I think that would have been a nice... Or against the Nuggets. Those would have been nice matchups. Yeah, I think he really could have uh, done some I think damage. He I think he would have totally gotten up for the games against his Serbian... Like, his... Uh, you know, Eastern European uh, brethren. Like, you know, like he got up for the game against Luka. You know he would have been up for this game against Nurkic. And you know against Joker he would have gone after him. That would have been fun. Yeah. So, yeah, it would have been fun. Like, I, I don't, you know, I think we can totally, we can survive without him tonight in Portland. Uh, I, I don't really see us beating the Nuggets. But uh, that's okay. No, you know, we'll probably. still go 4-1 and one for this road trip, right? That's crazy. We lost to the, the Warriors. Yeah, right. That's the one loss. Uh, hypothetically, right now, right now we're we're two and one. We got this Trailblazers game. Three. Uh oh shit! My bad, my bad. Sorry. Three and two. Three and two. Who else do we play on the road trip? Portland and Denver, and that's and then we go home and we face the Knicks. That would be. I really want to win that game. The Knicks game. Some I really want to win. Dirty Knicks players. I I think Kinda we I think players. we totally can. There's a lot of hurt Knicks. Their, their size is an issue for them, too. Like, I think um, they're having issues with Robinson's availability. Pooch isn't going to be ready for that game. No, I, I think you're right. I think he won't be. But I, I think they could still get it. Like, the Knicks are having a lot of trouble. Um, their, their defense is really bad for their starting five. So, I, I just... Okay, so um, the DeRozan thing is crazy to me. That was, like, the main thing I want to talk about. I'm just, like, I'm so excited with how great he's been. He's, like, a little... He's been the best player. He's a legitimate, like, top 10 MVP candidate, you know? Yes. Um, we look at the stats. It's 26.9 points a game, uh, 5.4 rebounds a game, 4.1 assists a game, 0.9 steals a game. Shooting lines are crazy. 51% from the field, 37.1 from three, um, 87.3 from the free throw line, uh, you know, on volume, like 7.9 attempts a game from, from the charity stripe there. Like, the guy's been awesome. He's mostly playing power forward for us, apparently. Um According to cast considerations, they were saying it was like 75% of his time spent at power forward. Our positions don't mean that much. I know. It's, right. just, it's just wild. That, that's, okay, so then the other thing I want to talk about, we're running out of time. I have to mosey. But, um, the well, it's, it's two-pronged. Billy Donovan's been so awesome with adjustments, like figuring out what works, what lineups to do, how to adjust, how to make small ball On things. On a game-to-game like, basis. Yeah, and this idea of Derrick Jones Jr. at the five was really creative. Like, the guy's, the guy's really good. And now, like, the issues with him in the playoffs – with the the thunder are are what they were but wait who did they they had russell westbrook they were depending on russell westbrook russell westbrook might be much worse than we ever thought you know what i mean he puts up gaudy numbers and contributes to losses like at the end of a game lakers it's been rough i i i I have i will not blame a coach for failing if russell westbrook is your second best player i i think that's a i think that's a legitimate thing um (laughs) so so that's the, that's the caveat, right? So, and then the East is going to be easy versus the West in the first round. Look, he did some good stuff with Florida and in college. Oh, phenomenal. I mean, they won two titles, yeah, with Florida. And, like, that, the, his first season with the Thunder, they went to the West Conference Finals. They were up 3-1 against that Warriors team. Then the Warriors team beat them in seven, and then the Warriors team went up 3-1 in the finals, and uh, we remember what happened with that. So... Anyway, uh, yeah, Donovan's been really, really great. Like, I'm so excited, and uh, I'm just... So the one thing is like he's made these really creative adjustments and stuff, and but it's like you're saying like we're we're having a, like a size issue short term with the Vucevic absence and even long term with the Williams absence. Like I just I'm really excited about this team. I'm excited for the next like couple of years of this team's timeline. But then like Williams's fit is is a little off now, and I think 
his value is depreciated because he's hurt all year, probably. Uh, I would love to figure out a way to improve that power forward spot. Um, and, uh, you know, I've talked about Harrison Barnes before, but that would that would require more money. So let's say, like, can you pitch me an idea of how to improve the power forward spot while keeping Vucevic? Like, what could we move? For who? For Harrison Barnes? I, well, I, I, no, I don't know. I'm open to anybody. It seems like they're gonna ask for too much. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about Harrison Barnes, but like, what could we do instead? Then, like, you know, Larry Nance Jr. would have been kind of great, but I would rather have Derrick Jones Jr. and a first-round pick than Larry Nance. Derrick Jones Jr. His contract, I think, is is not bad either. It's the same contract Larry. though. It's just an extra year for Larry Nance. It's the same amount of money. Well, now we get a first-round pick. Honestly, Derrick Jones Jr. looks pretty good. You could probably put him in that four spot. And that would help a lot in the starting. I would rather have him than Javante Green. The problem is, if Derrick Jones Jr. is in your starting lineup, who do you have on your bench? Like then you start to get very lackluster very quickly. Um, so I, I don't know. I, we'd have to find a distressed asset, like someone with a distressed wing long guy. They exist though. That's a position that does exist. So the question is, how good at, do they have to be at? Like, ideally, they would be able to shoot threes and play defense and attack the basket with driving lanes. That's, that's Harrison Barnes. Good. Like, that's hard to find. <laughs> that, that requires a lot to get those types of players, you know? That's the thing. Like, I don't really know if we have the assets without moving on from any of our um, five best players. So that's the starters minus Williams plus Caruso. Yeah, we're not getting rid of any of those guys. We're not really getting rid of any of those guys. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to right now. I want to, I want to see what Vucevic looks like with them. I want to see, yeah, I want to see what they, they all look like together. I think, I think they're, they're just scratching the surface offensively. I, I think defensively they are where they are. They're going to be really good. I think offensively they're scratching the surface. I think they, especially if Kobe White comes back off the bench, that's another 15 points a game. That's 15 points a game. He is back. He had zero points. He's, he's, he didn't look like him. I mean, barely. He's, he's just getting worked in. He hasn't played basketball in forever. Um, I don't know. I don't know what players are out there. I don't know what players are available. Uh, we should do some research and report back. Like I, I need it. Like this is like, like the Timberwolves have um, uh, a starting power forward who like is cheap. The question is, would they want to hold on to him because he's cheap and they just resigned him? But like that guy could be something. He he had like thirty one points for them against the uh, Lakers the other day. I mean, I feel like the path is trading Derrick Jones Jr. and a first round pick for somebody who's better than him but he's good so it has to be somebody who's like much better i'd be open to that or or if we package him with williams then we're looking at 17 million dollars i don't think we're getting anything with for williams right now like not really okay well then we should hold on to him until we actually could flip him yeah we need to hold on to him until he gets to play and show what he can do people don't usually trade for young guys that haven't played like, last year, I think, if you'd traded him at the beginning of the season, you would have gotten more, but I don't know. Maybe you can, but I don't. I, if it's me, I want to see. I think you could also, Kobe White, if he plays himself into Kobe White that we know he can be, you know, you could see him plus Derek Jones Jr. or something like that, plus Javante. I don't know. Which, and then a first-round pick, and then you could get something back. Because I'm okay with Io taking a lot of minutes in the backup, you know, point guard. So, I don't know. 
We're not that deep. I mean, without Williams, like, we don't have a lot of depth. That's, we don't have that. We're missing that player plus what we already have. So we need that guy plus what we already have. That's the issue. And my thing was with the Bulls and with teams in general, when, like, they're this exciting and good already, it's like, I don't want to wait a year to, like, try to sign somebody or whatever, like, especially, like, with this front office, I feel like it's possible that, or likely that he'll make some sort of move in season. We also have a five million dollar trade exception if someone wants some cap relief. But, but yeah, we need. I, I want I, the issue does seem to be that scoring power forward who can play defense and shoot. He doesn't have to be a volume scorer. He doesn't have to be a volume scorer, and he doesn't have to be a lockdown defender. No, I mean, well, no, that's true. He has to have legitimate size, and he has to be able to spread the floor. Yeah, twelve to fourteen points a game, efficiently on like open shots. And then be able to play defense. Like what Robert Covington used to be, or whatever. Or what Jay Crowder is, but there's no way the Suns are giving us Jay Crowder. Unless they really want to save money. Which, to be fair, they like to. He's so. pretty cheap. Although he's got, he's got a, lot of loss, a lot of lawyer bills to pay right now. That so. Robert Sarver, yeah. What a, what a POS. We should, we should offer him our, our, uh, our, loss, our legal services. Like whoever, Whatever uh, our in-house counsel is for the Bulls be like, it's free. There you, you get, go. Uh, <laughs> free lawyer. Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. Because, yeah, like, Jay Crowder would be perfect. Everyone wants Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder is the best version of that, you know, that... Actually, you know who would be a good fit? Otto Porter Jr. Well... Like, why is he so good all of a sudden? Because he gives a shit now. I hate that. He's my least favorite ex-bull because, like, he clearly is motivated again. And he's in great shape. He's looking awesome. He's doing exactly what we wanted him to do for us. Uh, he, like, ate his way out of, like, you know, being in the rotation. Like, he was rough for us, but he's been really good for Golden State. Kuzma would have been a good fit for us, too. Kuzma would be awesome. Kuzma would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. I don't know if the Wizards want to give that guy up. He's been really good for them. They're, They're not, not going, going to, but... But that's the kind of player, yeah. We need. Yeah, he's not a great shooter, but he does enough other stuff that we could... He's a good enough scorer. But, yeah, he's yeah, not an amazing... Can... Sh- he's an okay shooter. But he can attack the basket, he gets rebounds, and he plays defense. Right. You switch it to, you can play three and four. Because originally it was kind of more of a four, but... Now that I think about it, we have a lot of floor spacers in the starting lineup and with Caruso. He doesn't have to be able to shoot threes. Like, if he's wide open, he can shoot okay, but, like, he needs to be able to either shoot threes or attack the basket. It's like one of the two or both and play defense. Like, you can find somebody who does two of those three. It's hard to find somebody who does all three of those. True. I think that's right. I think that's what we need, ideally, is, ideally is all three, but at this point, I'll settle for two of those. Crowder can't really attack the basket. No, he can't, but he's, he can shoot from three, and he can defend yeah. and switch. Yeah. All right. On that note, I got a, I got a mosey. Talk to you soon. Signing off.